polarising filters. What are they? What do they do? Do I need one? Hi and welcome to episode 135 of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host Rick and in each episode I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes-ish without the irrelevant detail. What I tell you is based on my lifetime of photographic experience and not Google. Okay, there was some Googling in this episode, a couple of things I didn't know and couldn't answer and, well, Google still didn't help me on one of them. Anyway, here's the answer a bit. Polarising filters are normally attached to the front of a camera lens and filter out reflected light waves giving clearer images. Polarising filters are used to reduce reflections, darken skies and also can enhance contrast, saturation, colours and vividness in a photo. So, pretty good then. And yes, I have one and yes, I love it. Now, when I say can enhance, uh, it depends on the photo you're taking, but they can basically they can just make things look better. Let's have a look at the answer in a little bit more detail, okay? So, attach to the front of the lens. Well, yeah, you attach a polarising filter to the front of your camera lens using the filter thread. Now, the filter has to be placed in front of the lens as it's filtering out unwanted light. So, what the filter does cannot be undone as it is reducing certain light from getting through to the camera sensor. But don't worry, this is a good thing, not a bad thing. And thinking about that, I am sure there are lenses where you put the filter in at the back, things like fisheye lenses and what have you. When you get the really expensive lenses, you have a rear filter slot thing. But normally they go on the front of a camera lens, but sometimes they don't, which actually is a very good thought. How do you put a polarising filter on a fisheye lens? Because a fisheye lens gives you a 180 degree view. Check out the previous episode for that. But my short answer is, I'm not really sure. But if you have a range of lenses with different filter thread sizes, moving back to the script, you will need one filter per filter thread size. Yep, one filter per lens filter thread size. And that can become expensive. But don't worry, it's okay. I have a top, top tip for you, which I will cover in an upcoming episode. So here's the spoiler alert I'm talking about. Step up and step down rings. Yep, that's right. Okay, um, you used to be able to get polarising filters that fitted into holders attached to the lens, and I think you still can, but the convention these days is circular ones that screw into the filter thread, and there's no real reason why not. And if you're a user of a filter holder system with square filters, then... Apologies, I'm not. And on my podcast, I tell you what I do and what I know, okay? So then, filter out reflected light waves. Yeah, if you're hoping for a technical explanation of how a polarising filter works, you're in the wrong place because it's a level of detail beyond my capabilities and intelligence. Basically, I'm not clever enough to tell you how this actually happens other than to tell you that it, um, (coughs) well, it filters out reflected light waves. So no, I'll pass on this one and I'll try to explain this with some specific examples. Like I say, this is a level of detail that does not help me as a very noisy plane comes into land. I thought I timed it so there was nothing happening outside, but clearly I was wrong. Okay, reduce reflections of what? Well, glass, any window, on anything really. You can turn the dial and you can make the reflection more pronounced or less pronounced. It's brilliant. Water, well, rivers, sea... Well, you know what water is, don't you? And it gives you a nice little effect on waterfalls as well. Another great one's wet streets, footpaths, pavements, where you can you can adjust the polarising effect and you can get rid of the reflection and you can make them dark. It's, it's really cool. Again, things like cars. You photograph a car, you've got lots of shiny surfaces, so works well there. Buildings, 
I've used them to photograph buildings to a brilliant effect. I mean, basically anything that's reflective, you can get some dramatic changes from what you would have done if you hadn't used the filter. And another one is darkening skies. Quite simply, rotate a circular... I'll try that again. Quite simply, rotate a circular polarising filter and it darkens the sky. Word of caution here, you want the sky to look natural and realistic though, so you need to always keep that in mind. Don't overdo this. Don't overdo this unless you want to. And if you do, there's nothing wrong with that. Enhance colours, contrast, saturation and vividness. I've got, I've got colours in twice there, so I'm going to delete that. Bear with Shall I try that one again? Enhance colours, contrast, saturation and vividness in a photo. Now basically a circular polarising filter, it can it can basically it can just make photos look better. It especially enhances natural colours in landscapes, making foliage and the like more vibrant. Really interesting things that it can do. Types of polarising filters. Well there are linear and circular polarising filters. I use circular polarising filters and it was only when I was researching this episode and I did a little bit of a delve into Google I found a linear circular sorry <laughs> linear polarising filters now I've never used a linear circular <laughs> I can't say that I've ne- see I can't even say it that's how little I know about linear polarising filters good we got there in the end I've never used one and I've never owned one I use circular polarising filters. Let's move on before I get myself into trouble. Quick note here on Photoshop. Can you create the effect of a polarising filter in Photoshop? I think the short answer is yes, but I couldn't and I don't. I prefer to do this in camera. But yes, you can. I don't know if you can exactly replicate in Photoshop taking a photo. Just started cutting the grass next door now. Every time I try and change the time that I record my podcast... The gardeners next door obviously find out about this and turn up and start cutting the grass. I've got to have the window open because it's baking here. So you probably can create the effect in Photoshop, but it's not something that I can tell you how to do or want to do myself. Are there any downsides? Well, like all things, some people like the effects, some people do not. There is no right, there is no wrong. It's up to you and you can use them all the time if you want. And that could be a thing, like I say, up to you. But you need to be aware that if you're taking a set of images that need to be, you know, need to look like a consistent set of images, you need to be able to get consistent results. Now, we're talking about filtering out reflected directional light here. This is going to vary from location to location, depending on your orientation to the light and the subject matter. You have to adjust the well, you have to rotate to get a consistent look. And it's one of those things that sometimes is more trouble than it's worth. But uh, just something for you to bear in mind. Another very minor downside is you get a reduction in the amount of light that gets through to the camera sensor. And that means that you need a slower... Sh- sorry. That results in a slower shutter speed or a higher ISO. Now, if only I'd stuck to my script rather than not sticking to my script, I wouldn't make all these mistakes. Note to self, Rick, stick to the script. And the the reduction in light is generally around two stops and it makes the viewfinder darker, but normally it's still usable. It's nothing like the problems you get with a 10-stop ND filter or filer, as I've written. Excuse me, I'm just going to correct that. I must be getting better at this because I can can correct my script as I'm going without having to stop and edit stuff out. 
No, um, in the last episode, I mentioned my ten-stop ND filter. You put that on, you can't you can't see anything really. <laughs> Pretty much nothing. Okay, so there are a few downsides, but they're not major. Nothing insurmountable. Who uses them? Well, landscape photographers, architectural photographers, urban landscape photographers, travel photographers, car photographers, product photographers, me. All sorts of photographers use them. I've just listed the ones that I thought of, the ones that came off the top of my head. I mean, basically, anyone who wants the effects and enhancements to images that I've described will and can use them. Nothing wrong with it at all. It's like they're a great thing to have. So what do you actually do? Well, well, first off, you attach the, the filter to, to the lens, and then all you do is you rotate the filter and you see what happens. It's a very visual thing. You can see reflections disappear. It's brilliant. Such a visual thing. It's really hard to... De- it's not really hard to describe in words. It's impossible to describe in words, but it's it's a great thing. Obviously, the beauty of digital cameras, you could take different photos with different amounts of the effect and just pick the one that you like. Do I need one? That's you, dear listener, not me. I don't know, do you? I'd say yes, and as always... If this is new to you, start off with a cheap one and give it a go. But if you're using a cheap filter, accept there will be a loss of image quality, but it's a good place to start. You'll be able to learn if it's for you or not. But you need to be honest here, will it really help you with your photography? Is it giving you something extra that you want? I think the dead handy and I'd recommend it to anybody. Start with a cheap one, see how you get on. And if you don't need one, that's fine. But if you do, get the best polarizing filter that you can get the most expensive one that you can afford the best quality one because once you've got one it'll give you many many years of service as long as you look after it i've had my circular polarizing filter for for well over 10 years now and it's still in pristine condition because i look after it the talky bit more sunglasses for cameras yep i love that Same as ND filters, sunglasses for cameras. Same as ND filters, polarising filters are sunglasses for cameras. Now, I've got a pair of polarising sunglasses and I walk around wearing them, tilting my head left and right and loving what the polarising effect does. Yes, I really do do that and um, I do get the odd strange look. It just fascinates me how, how this simple thing can be so clever and effective and change things so significantly. Yeah, I live my outside life in a polarised world. Not politically or viewpoint-wise, but visually. Everything in my world is more contrasty and clearer. Greens are brighter and more vivid. I can move my head and I can increase or reduce reflections. Yep, I live a polarised life and boy does it look good. So good that when I don't have my sunnies on, life doesn't look quite that good. So um, <laughs> remember that. Oh well, my polarising filter... It it really is one of my favourite bits of gear. And writing about this has reminded me that I must get out of minimalist mode and use my polarising filter more. That's the beauty of my podcast. I cover things that I've known about for donkey's years that in some cases I've almost forgotten about, such as polarising filters. And now I've spoken about it, I can't wait to get out there and have a play with one. Go and get one, have a go, let me know how you get on. But don't overdo it. Having said that, if you want to be the person who takes every photo with a polarising filter, then fine. Actually, that's not a bad idea. That that could be a look. I mean, I've had thoughts like this before on previous episodes, haven't I? Easy for me to say. No, that could be a thing. And we all need to have our own thing, don't we? And one point of um, technical detail here. 
Polarizing is spelt with a Z, not an S. Now, I thought it was spelt with an S. I don't know why. I wrote my opening, well, I wrote the title actually, and it had an S in it, and then I kept on doing it, and every time I did it, a bit of research, it had a Z in it, so Z it is. Oh, well, I know now. See, every day's a school day. One final question. Can a polarizing filter be used to remove me from a mirror? See, if I'm taking a photograph in a bathroom and I'm crammed into a corner, I'm in the ca- I'm in the photo, or, well, no, more, more significantly, my camera is quite often captured in one of the mirrors, but you can't filter it out, unfortunately. That would be a very cool filter, but I'm afraid this is a step too far. It can, rem- it can reduce reflections and remove things reflected, but not, not, a, not a camera in a bathroom shot. Well, I don't think it can anyway. I mean, maybe somebody could come up with a reflection-removing filter. That would be cool. I mean, the closest I've come to this is with a tilt-shift lens, but I got rid of that years ago. It was much too complicated for me. Okay, what do I do? Well, I have a circular polarising filter. I've used it loads in the past, but not so much recently. And I'm going to dig it out, give it a clean and put it in my work photography bag and use it and enjoy using it. So things that I'll be doing, reducing reflections of glass on buildings is one thing. And that's just the beginning. See, with a circular polarizing filter, you get a different look when you rotate the filter. You can you can you know dial the amount of adjustment. Again, hard to describe, but I've used one to great effect in the past. Now, I'm not going to use it for real estate photography work. I mean, that's about creating what people will actually be looking at. Might do for high-end stuff, but for conventional real estate photography work, I won't start doing stuff like that because, like I say, you get problems with the consistency of one image to the next and images need to hang together in a set. So not for real estate photography, but for architectural work, I might well do that. And just if I've got a, a shot which is a major shot, I might just give that a try as well and see what I get. It's it's just a tool, it's another option, dead handy, well worth having. So there's definitely a place for me in the work I do for polarising filters and, and also when I'm on holiday, just make those seas and skies darker, get rid of reflections, just make things look better, well worth, well worth having a go. And it's all good stuff, isn't it? We need to be able to do something a bit different and anything that makes photos look better, well, it can't be a bad thing, can it? Right, I'm nearly done there. That went quite well. Not too many errors. I'm quite happy with that. Next episode, Photography Explained podcast episode 136. How many types of filters are there in photography? Now, I want to wrap up my quick dive into filters in the next episode before moving on to something completely new, which I'm rather excited about. Hmm, what might that be? Well, tune in next week to find out. Do you tune into a podcast? And if you got a photography question you would like me to answer in plain English, in less than 10 minutes-ish, without the relevant details, just head over to... Oh, great, the mowing the grass now right outside my window. <laughs> I need to get out of here, don't I? Just head over to photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. You can also find out more about me and my podcast there and also ways to help me, which has to be a good thing, doesn't it? So send me a question, just say hi, don't mind, just be great to hear from you. This episode was powered by, wait for it, an egg and cress sandwich made by the lovely Mrs M yesterday evening for me, which I'm very grateful for, which was accompanied by a bag of prawn cocktail crisps. Yep, home crisps, washed down with an ice cold Diet Pepsi, sat here in my overly warm, homemade, window open, acoustically cushioned recording emporium, avoiding next door's gardening activities. 
Yes, I've actually written into the script avoiding next door's gardening activities because I know it's a Friday and there's a fair chance that they'll be next door cutting the grass right under where I'm recording this. Okay, I'm done. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast. It says here. And for giving me 10-ish minutes of your valuable time. Take care, stay safe, cheers from me, Rick. My brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, straight talking advice for beginners to get you making money quickly and build a career, is available to buy now. Find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses.